apologize for the close-up, Josh. That's <laughs> not how anybody wants to start a press conference. <laughs> no, big how are you doing? Good, you? Good. Um, I wanted to ask you just um, about uh, Max' performance the other day and, mm-hmm. and how you would assess it. Um, I think you know, for the layperson watching, there there's been a a variety of different opinions in terms of of how he's played. Uh, so that was the first question, and then the second to, um, that I wanted to to send your way is just have your standards for Mac maybe changed over time as you've seen him perform and develop and you've gotten a better understanding of, of who he is and what he can be. Um, do your expectations alter as, as the year goes on with a player like that? Okay. We'll start with the first one. Um, yeah. I think that the other day was very similar to um, a lot of other games this year where there's a lot to um, a lot to be happy with. And then there's definitely things to coach and correct. Um, you know, I think he, he touched on a few things. I think after the game that he, you know, he felt like he, he had an opportunity to maybe capitalize on and didn't. And um, I think that's probably pretty commonplace right now. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for the perfect game. Uh, I haven't had that yet. So um, that's very, it's just difficult to go through an entire NFL game and, you know, not, you know, have some things that you either make mistakes on or learn from. I think the big thing for us is we are seeing, um, growth in his ability to process the opponent every week, uh, his ability to change from one week to the next in terms of the mindset, uh, of, of handling the, let's just say the problem players or the problem schemes that come up. Um, but that's not a, that's an ongoing process. You know, I mean, Buffalo's defense is quite a bit different than Tennessee's. Tennessee's was similar to Atlanta in some ways, but, you know, there was definitely some other things that were different. Um, so this week's going to be another big challenge there. Um, and I think for, for Mac, when he comes out of the game, having generally taken care of the ball and made some good decisions, even if they resulted in an incomplete pass or a possession that ended in a punt or a field goal. Um, that's not, you know, that to me, I don't look at all those and say, wow, what a disaster that was. You know, sometimes you have to understand what could have been in terms of worse scenarios uh, to appreciate uh, kind of how a possession ended the right way. Um, I give an example of that we had the, the one sack in the fringe, um, in the fourth quarter, you know, on the, I don't think it was like second and 10 or second, line, and it was third and 20 something. And then, you know, we need a handful of yards to get back into field goal range. And he makes a decent decision, completes the ball underneath to Jacoby. We get it into field goal range. Nick capitalizes on it, makes the kick. Ultimately, the possession was, you know, wasn't exactly what we wanted, but there was some positive there because he's understanding the scenario that he's in and he helped us actually win the situation, if you will, you know, because third and 20 somethings are hard to overcome. So, um, you know, like 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 most of the games this year, good and bad, um, the bad's not too bad. And that's what we what we want to try to minimize. And we just try to uh, use those opportunities to learn and grow and get better. And he's got a great attitude and approach about that. And then the, the second part, Phil, again, what was, um, you're muted, bud. 
I'm sorry. No worries. Uh, it was just, you know, have your expectations for him okay, changed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that I think what happens naturally is with a young player, and this is really pretty much across the board at all positions, the more you feel like they understand uh, what they're doing and the more you see it happen properly in practice, I think it naturally just changes um, what you're asking them to do. So my expectations for him each week would be to um, to to execute the things that I've seen him execute in practice and do them well in the game under pressure. And so we might have added some things to that bucket as the year has gone on, but I would say the singular games themselves, they don't change because we're not going to ask him to do you know, 12 things that I have never seen him do on the practice field very well. And then all of a sudden I'm going to be disappointed with what he does on the game field. So um, my expectations are just to go out there. Let's have a, the best practice week we can. If we don't feel good about something, we toss it out. And now I know you can do these things well, and I expect that uh, to happen on Sunday. So that's what my expectations will continue to be. Great. Thanks a lot, Josh. Yep. Our next question, Jim McBride, followed by Evan Lazar. Uh, good morning, Josh. Uh, sorry about that. Phil not only stole my close-up, he kind of stole my question, too. No but, worries. Uh, <laughs> just building off that, I wanted to know what uh, what what's Mac's coachability like, and specifically when he comes off the field during the series when you guys huddle together, what are those conversations like, and and how much does Brian Hoyer have input during those, those, those kind of chit-chats? Um, those conversations, um, you know, it depends obviously on the series, but, um, he's a, look, he's a, he's a guy that wants to do everything the best he can, you know? And so, um, if, if we, for some reason didn't have, um, great success in a series, then, you know, he's, he's got an urgency about him and a desire to go out there and do it better, you know? And, um, so what we've, what we've talked about as we've gone through the se season is, just let's just focus on what happened. Let's learn from each play that we that we can look at on the pitchers and talk through and make sure that if it comes up again, which there's a chance that it will, uh, that we get it right if we didn't happen to get it right the first time. Um, but you know, he's very he's a very good listener. He he's uh, he's in tune with what happened. He usually gives me very good feedback for what he saw, which is a great sign for a young player. You know, you say, hey, did you see, did he rotate late? Yeah, he rotated late. Then you look on the pitcher and you see that he did. So, um, you know, we always try to tell the young guys, you know, don't don't make something up if you don't, if you're not sure, just, you know, I don't, I'm not sure, you know. But uh, he usually has a really good grasp of what happened on the series that he that he just was out there for. And we have good dialogue about it. And, you know, he, he has good answers to any questions that I have. Uh, you know, but he has a great attitude about going out there and trying to do everything right, which I love. Um, and Brian is just a, a great sounding board. You know, Brian, um, he knows when to when to say something to Mac and he knows when there's nothing to be said. And I think you can only do that if you have wisdom, which Brian certainly does from the years that he's played in the league. And he's got great experience that uh, Mac has definitely gained from. And, uh, you know, whenever Brian speaks, I think he's got uh, everyone's ear, you know, in our offensive room. And um, because usually what he he's saying has a lot of merit and can help our young players. Thanks, Josh. Yep. And next question, Evan Lazar, followed by Ben Bowen. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Good, Evan. How are you? 
Good, thanks. Uh, sorry to, to ask about a negative here, but I was just curious on some of the blitzes um, that you guys have seen over the last couple of weeks, um, what you guys could do differently against uh, those looks and uh, maybe to give Mac uh, you know, some more options or something like that to, to beat the blitz. Block them. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not, sometimes it's not very complicated. Um, you know, when, when, when there's a man that's running towards the quarterback and there's not a Patriot guy on him, um, I'm not very happy with that. Um, and look, let's first of all, first of all, you, you got to start with giving credit to the people on the other sideline and the, the players on the other side of the ball, because sometimes that's just, you know, uh, they try to make it they try to make it as hard as possible for us to to get a body on a body in blitz pickup. And uh, those guys deserve a lot of credit. Tennessee had us a couple of times the other day where they made it difficult. Um, and that happens. You know, that happens during the course of the season. You're going to get those. Um, they're well coached and their guys do a good job of studying, too. So, um, you know, there's definitely an element of, you know, it's not everyone kind of looks at it and says, well, Mac didn't see this or Mac didn't do that. Most of the time it has nothing to do with Mac. And so, you know, he, he sets the protections and we got to follow our rules. Um, you know, if our rules don't accommodate uh, handling the blitz, then we need an adjustment. We had one or two of those come up the other day and he handled them fine. Uh, and then there was a couple other ones where we just didn't react quick enough in the protection part of it uh, to handle our responsibility. And that's an ongoing um, evolution, you know, with, you know, different guys, you know, we got Brandon's our sub back now, most of the time on third down, you know, and, and he's done a really good job there, but seeing the blitzes together uh, and now the offensive line kind of, you know, getting back into sync with one another. And then the communication that needs to take place once the ball is snapped is not insignificant, you know, like there's a lot of communication pre-snap, but then all of a sudden the, 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 the pieces start to change once the ball is snapped. And then there's more communication that needs to take place and happen uh, in order to handle some of the exotic pressures that you get. So, um, again, it's it's uh, we either win or we learn. And uh, on some of those plays, we didn't win. And we certainly have a lot to learn from them. And uh, hopefully we'll do that this week. And just quickly, after the game on Sunday, uh, David Andrews gave a great explanation about uh, cut blocking being illegal now in the open field on screens and how that was sort of an adjustment for you guys, just the way that you guys have coached it in the past. How have you seen the line adjust to that? And now you guys seem to have the screen game going pretty good. Yeah, there's less, there's less fat guys falling on the ground out there in space on screens. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it kind of is a two-way street on that. Um, the other thing that that rule has done is it has eliminated um, the secondary's ability to cut our linemen when we get out there on like toss plays or whatever, usually that was, you know, there was a potential issue there, you know, in terms of injury and those kind of things, but that's basically gone away as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, we always tell them like, look, don't try to out athlete the athletes, you know? And so when you could throw and cut, you try to throw and cut and get in their way and, you know, and force them to react and adjust. Now we just got to be under control and try to, you know, let the runner run off of you, if you will, you know, because we're not allowed to go to the ground anymore. So I think our linemen have adapted to that well, and uh, they're trying to do the best job they can of giving the runner an opportunity to kind of run off their block. And sometimes they don't necessarily get a huge piece of the defender, but the back can make them right by making a good cut in space. So 
we've tried to work together in sync on that. Um, it's certainly a team play, but uh, our linemen have adjusted fairly well to it. Thanks, Josh. Yep. I'll apologize to those that we don't get to, but we're going to do our last question here with Ben Vaughn. Hey, Josh, uh, curious how those off, not my question, but curious how those offensive linemen feel about uh, being called not an athlete. No, no, no. You, you, they know what it means. They, 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 when, you, when you got a guy who ran four, three, eight at the combine and you're running out there and you ran five flat, it's just uh, they're good athletes. They know that they're good athletes. They're just not as good of an athlete as those little guys that, that are playing in the secondary are. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so for a long time, you coached uh, the most experienced quarterback in the NFL, a guy who's basically your age. Now you're coaching a rookie and a guy who's half your age. What have you enjoyed about this experience of working with a young guy? Every day is a new, a new opportunity uh, to pour into them. And, um, you know, when you got a young player and we've got a lot of young players, you know, which is really kind of a, um, you know, for coaches, it's a great opportunity because you're kind of starting at the foundational level and you just try to kind of build and build and build from there. And, uh, you know, you can only go at the pace that the player can go at. And, uh, Mac has come in with an incredible attitude, um, a great approach to his work. Um, he's very uh, professional in that regard. And um, he's a sponge, you know, he asks good questions. But the, the thing you, you can appreciate the most about a young player is when they come into the meeting and they're prepared. Um, because a lot of times with young players, you need to, you need to kind of egg them on in terms of watching things on their own prior to getting together on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and Mac has really, he, he's seen some, some older guys. We already talked about Brian Hoyer do that. Jared, you know, has all has obviously been here, um, you know, and, and he's really, uh, he's got his own style of preparation. And um, so he comes into the meetings prepared. He asks good questions. Uh, when you teach him, um, there's a retention uh, that is pretty neat to see. Um, and, and we've talked about it before already that, you know, he, he really digests information uh, at a pretty uh, quick pace. And so, um, you know, there's mistakes each day and some are small, some are a little bigger. Um, and you use those as an opportunity to make progress. And so as long as you keep that mindset about it, you know, hey, all right, that wasn't what we wanted, but here's what we can do to fix it the next time. And you kind of trust that, you know what, if we do it in the game, you know, the right way, even though we didn't practice it perfect, that we're going to have a chance to have success. So um, he's demonstrated the ability to do that, to, to not repeat errors uh, one after another. And he fixes those uh, mistakes once he gets coached. So um, we got a lot of good, young players that, you know, and new, I would say that are, really uh, have added some, some energy. They're fun to coach. They're fun to be around. I really like the vibe in our room. And, um, you know, for coaches, uh, it makes our days that are normally long, it makes them fly by because you're having a lot of fun. That's great. And, and I know you've talked a lot, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the game on Monday. What, what do you see about the Bills defense? Yeah, they, uh, this, is, this is the best group we've played all year. Uh, I know I've said that a couple of times, and it's been true so far this year. And this one is at the top. And, um, you know, first of all, they're they're really well coached. Um, Coach McDermott, uh, Leslie Frazier, they do a tremendous job, uh, their staff. Um, we don't play a group that's more connected than this one. Um, and when I say that, you know, whatever the call is, 
all 11 guys know exactly what their role is on the call and they never make a mistake, it seems, you know, and so they're not out of position, their gap sound, uh, their run force is in the right spot, um, their coverage element, there's always a body, you know, on a body, if it's man coverage, if it's zone, the, the windows are small, um, the rushers in the front four create a lot of disruption, I think they lead the league in tackles for loss, you know, they're right up there in turnovers. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're good on third down. They're really, really good in the red zone. Um, you know, they just don't give up many easy plays and they're definitely, you know, one of the best teams that will, that we ever play every year in terms of limiting big production. So, um, you know, they force you to be disciplined. They force you to execute play after play. They force you to drive the football, um, you know, and, and usually their, their team does a good job of playing complimentary football. So you don't usually have a bunch of short fields with them. Uh, so, you know, we have our work cut out for us. They have really good, talented players at all three levels. As I mentioned before, they're extremely well coached. Um, I look forward to the challenge and it is, it's a great, great challenge, uh, to go up there and play against this team coached by this staff. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Josh. Yep.